Welcome to Own It from Women Lead Change. I'm Tiffany O'Donnell, the CEO of Women Lead Change. On today's episode, we'll be talking with Tatum Boozy, who's the Chief Financial Officer at Collins Aerospace. In this role, she leads financial reporting, planning and analysis, and compliance and controls at Collins. Tatum's passionate about the development and advancement of women in leadership roles, so much so that in 2007, she co-founded the Women's Forum, which is the Women's Employee Resource Group at Rockwell Collins. And then in October 2019, she was named the executive sponsor for the Raytheon Technologies Corporation Finance Women's Forum. I don't know about you, but I always find it fascinating when women who've achieved as much as Tatum still talk about imposter syndrome. She'll talk about it here coming up. Tatum Boozy, the CFO of Collins Aerospace, joins us today. Welcome, Tatum. Thank you, Tiffany. I'm so honored to be here. Thanks for having me. How fun is it to hear the letters CFO after your name? <laughs> it, uh, it takes some getting used to. I'm definitely not used to that yet, but it sounds pretty good. <laughs> You've been with this company a very long time. Can you give us, a, give mm-hmm. us an idea of kind of your path to this incredible opportunity? Yeah, I've been with uh, what was Rockwell Collins. I started 24 years ago, right out of college here in Cedar Rapids. And throughout my career, I've had a lot of different opportunities to grow. My philosophy has been twofold. One is to take opportunities within the company that would help me learn something new about finance, which is obviously the area of discipline that I'm in, but also trying to find ways to learn about different parts of our company. So if it was the same financial role, but I could learn a different part of the business, then I would move and do that. So in 24 years, I've had 12 different roles. So if you average that out, it means I was moving about every two years to a different role within the company. Wow. Were you ever fearful? of a move. We hear that a lot from the uh, WLC community. We get these opportunities and we think we can't do them and we're tempted to turn them down. Did you ever feel that way? Every time. I think I said no to the CFO role about four times before they convinced me uh, to do it. And people are always surprised by that. But I always say I suffer from what they've called imposter syndrome, where you feel like I'm not sure that my skill set is exactly the right match for the role. The first and, and foremost thought on my mind is always, how will this impact my kids? Will I still be able to be the kind of mom that I want to be, the kind of community volunteer that I want to be and handle this type of role? So I cannot think of any move where I didn't initially say, no, I can't do this and sort of have to garner up the courage to move forward and take the role. If I could tell you one, one thing I tell people, specifically women, and and I'm sure you've heard the study in uh, Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, about, you know, women won't take a role if they've got eight out of 10 criteria, but men will take it if they've got five out of 10 criteria. And so one of the things that I've said that was always overwhelming to me is ask the question when somebody asks you to take a move, ask, why do you think I would be good for that role. What qualities do you see in me? Because I think it's much easier if they say, yep, there's 10 criteria, but these three are the most important things that we really want someone to have. And you start to feel a little more confident in saying, oh, okay, yeah, I I think I might have those three things I could bring to the role and I don't have to have all 10. So I think that's how, how I've sort of been brave enough to take those moves when I've been fearful. 
Have you had mentors and advocates out there? And if so, who are they? And, and what did they do to specifically you know, push you over? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think that there's a difference between mentorship and sponsorship. And I've been fortunate enough to have both. My mentors have helped me resolve either developmental areas that I need to focus on or, or concentrate on, or they've helped me figure out work-life integration issues. How can I do this and be a mom? Sponsor is something different. A sponsor is somebody that advocates for you when you're not in the room, who helps you to understand and others to understand what skills you bring to the table. And I've been fortunate uh, to have both. You may know both of them, actually, that, I, that come to mind. The first one that was a mentor of mine for a lot of years was Marsha Schulte. Marsha helped found what is now Women Lead Change. She was a, a huge mentor to me um, in helping me realize my priorities and, and developmental areas. And then uh, Patrick Allen, who was the former CFO, uh, who I replaced in this role, has been my sponsor for a long time. That's terrific. Those are both amazing humans. And, and I know yeah, them as well, um, you know, through my connection with Women Lead Change, as you said. And, yeah. and really, um, this is an opportunity to, to tip our hat to Collins, too, and, and formerly Rockwell Collins, really for getting this organization off the ground. And I know you were a part of the Women's Employee Resource Group that was instrumental, along with Marcia, in doing this. So thanks to you, too, yeah. for being a part of us. Yeah, it's our pleasure. And I have to tell you, you know, Women Lead Change came along at a time in my career where I had a lot of questions about how to continue to grow as a female in the organization. And uh, all the conferences that I attended and the speakers really helped shape that and also gave me a network of people that I could talk to and get ideas and support from. So it's reciprocal, Tiffany, for sure, the relationship that we have with WLC. That's amazing. Thank you so much. We'll get back to our conversation with Tatum in just a bit. First, though, I want to let you know about a few opportunities for your personal development. Coming up, we have a virtual Women Connect workshop called Men, Women, and Words, Communicating Across the Gender Divide. And this is with my good friend, Amber Nelson. That's coming up September 29th. Do you ever feel like men and women speak completely different languages? Well, there's actually science that backs this up. This would be a great workshop to make sure you invite your male allies and advocates to attend. I want to go back in time just a little bit because you and I are both mm -hmm. raising families. Do you ever look back yeah. at your own childhood and how you were raised in, in small town Iowa, right? The town I grew up in was very small. I actually grew up in several small towns. My family moved around um, a couple of times, but we did not live in a town that was bigger than 500 people. So my high school graduating class was 15, so very small. But I'll tell you what I most appreciated about growing up in small town Iowa was a couple of things. One is the ability to be involved in a lot of different things and to try, you know, music and sports and speech and drama to be able to really, you know, become a well-rounded person by trying all those different things. I think small towns show us a lot about work ethic and what it means to do what you say you're going to do and be reliable and be honest and trustworthy. I think that you get that in a small town. And then the last thing I would say is it really teaches you the importance of community. And in those small towns, they don't survive if everybody doesn't contribute to the greater good of the community. And I think that's really where I got that mind for civic service was the importance that community plays in small town Iowa. 
How are you raising your family with those ideals? My kids are growing up with a lot more than what I did in terms of, you know, material possessions. And so some of that is trying to make sure that they have to earn what, you know, whatever is given to them that they can give back to the community. My daughter through our church has been on several mission trips. She spent last summer in Africa. So I think for them, just understanding that not everybody has what we're fortunate enough to have and to try to find ways to sort of pay that forward. That's what I, at least I hope, which is hard with teenagers to get them to always think outside of themselves. That's what I hope as they become adults, I hope that's what they'll take with them. How have you balanced, you know, raising a family and and balancing this incredible work that you've been doing over the last 24 years? I mean, you're CFO now, but always have had very high profile demanding work. Yeah, you know, that's a question I get a lot. So I'll just start back at the beginning and tell you that in the early days, it was really hard. And I did a lot of research. I, I went to conferences, I read books, and I never liked any of the answers that I got. My daughter's 18. So 18 years ago, people would say things to you like, you're going to get to a point in your career where you're going to have to choose what's more important, either your career or your husband's career, or you're going to have to sort of hire a nanny to raise your children. And none of those answers were very acceptable to me. I just, I felt like in my marriage, we didn't need to pick between us. We should be able to both pursue our passions. Through just trial and error, I came up to some guiding principles for how we do it. So I'm in finance, so I'm all a numbers person. I like to keep track of numbers. And one of the things early on that my husband and I realized is we can't keep score. We are team boozy. And the only way that this is going to work is if we both are able to do things with our kids, if we're both responsible for things we have to get done at home. It even sometimes looks like, okay, one of our kids is sick this week. And it can't just be us taking turns because that may not work. It might be that I stay home all three days that week. And then six months later, he stays home because that's how it works in our schedule. So as soon as we kind of stopped keeping score and just started to figure out what is it going to take to get it done and it doesn't matter which one of us is doing it, things seem to work a lot better. I think the other thing I would say is I learned bravery. So I watched, a, if you've ever watched the movie, We Bought a Zoo, one of my favorite lines from that is you just need to find 20 seconds of courage. I've told this story before to my team. When my daughter was young, I was in a meeting and my husband was commuting actually to Cedar Falls. And so you would get to a point in the day where I couldn't call him, you know, if something came up to help because he was an hour away. And I was in a meeting that was supposed to get done at five o'clock. And by five o'clock, I could just tell we're not going to be done. And my daycare closed at six. By 5.15, I was starting to negotiate with myself. If I don't go back to my office and don't turn off my computer, I can still make it. By 5.30, I was in a cold sweat. And what ended up happening is I picked her up. She was the last person to be picked up. She thought I had forgotten her. Um, you know, right at six o'clock. And it really was a wake up call to me because I realized I wasn't courageous enough to tell my employer what I needed, that I had a commitment, that I couldn't stay longer. I didn't feel brave enough to do that at that point in my career, but I was no good to them because I was there physically from five o'clock to 545, but it was completely distracted. So I wasn't being productive. And I also had let down my child. 
that was a really, a real wake up call for me to realize that I need to be brave enough to speak up for what I need so everybody knows it. Otherwise, nobody's winning in this situation. I have to think that if I am a female member of your team, having you as a leader, having had that experience would make my life so much easier. Do you see yourself and your, your life experience? How do you see that impacting how you lead women and men? Yeah, it's so true. For one thing, I, I always ask people. So when we start a meeting, does anybody have a commitment that they have to get to, especially if it's early in the morning or it's later in the day where people do have those commitments? I, I generally try to ask and give somebody an opportunity to, to speak up before they're kind of put in that situation where they have to tell me. So um, I try to do that. But you bring up such a good point, Tiffany, which is more and more men, and my husband's one of them, are finding themselves in this same boat because they're supporting their spouse who has a career. And so they're finding that they have the same conflicts with how do I help pick up my children or get my children to activities, but also show commitment to my work. So I think they're kind of the forgotten crowd are these dads that have spouses that also work. And I try to make sure we bring them in to these conversations because it's thankfully not just a gender issue anymore, which is what we wanted to get to, right? Absolutely. And I'm so glad that you highlight that. When we talk about, you know, advancing women leaders at all levels of women lead change, there is a critical component of that. And that is culture and workplace structure. I mean, we, we must have yep. couples or teams that are willing to say, you know, this is a point in my career where I got to step forward. Maybe you step over here while I do this, you know, teams working together. And I'd love to hear, it sounds like you're seeing this more and more at work. I have to think that culturally we are encouraging our partners at work to be partners in every way. Yes, absolutely. I think uh, that's something you, my youngest and my oldest are 10 years apart. And in those 10 years, just the way we approach that in the workplace has changed so dramatically. I think one of the things that's enabled that is technology. You know, obviously we can be connected, but also just this attitude. I don't like the word work-life balance. I prefer to call it work and life integration. And this understanding that we're going to all have different seasons of our life where we can give more or give less and different seasons of our, or different times of our days or our months or whatever that we can give more and less. And to say the word balance implies, I always felt like I was failing uh, because you rarely ever have a perfectly balanced day. And so you think I wasn't a great mom today, or I wasn't a great employee or employer today. And so it just, it, sets you up for this negative self-talk that you're constantly failing, as opposed to a recognition that, you know what, for the next year, I need to focus on this in my family. I need to be in a role in the organization where I can, you know, work 40 hours without a lot of travel or a lot of overtime. And recognizing that over the course of a career, it all balances out. And that's where the balance comes in. But it doesn't balance in the course of a day or sometimes even even a, a single year. So I think you see that mindset a lot more in our corporations today. And we've talked a lot about one of the silver linings of, of COVID is really this opportunity yeah. to see what flexible workplaces look like and how productive we can yeah. be. Have you seen that as well? 
Yes, absolutely. I think, you know, it's interesting. One of the blessings of COVID has been having lunch with my kids every day. That's been really fun. But it's also, I think, humanized us as workers because we see each other's kids coming in across the screen or we see their pets or whatever else. But it also, I think, has just enabled us to see how we don't have to be necessarily side by side physically with the person that we're working with or that we support to be effective. And I think that will just bring a lot more flexibility into the work environment. So for all those reasons, it's been great. I'm a social person, though, so I do miss being around people and having that interaction. So I don't know for myself that it'll be a 100% work from home. I think that there there might be some trade-offs where you see maybe a couple of days here and there. Well, I have to be honest, when I saw that you had become the new CFO, you know, my friend Patrick Allen, when he was CFO, moved down to be with the CEO. (laughs) And so my first thought was, oh, shoot, we're going to lose Tatum in my town. Mm. And I was thrilled when you told us that's not the case, that you you are able yeah. to stay here. Yeah. So you know what? I think Collins Aerospace has been so good at looking at this. I would say that probably six months ago, that would have been the case. And through COVID and Steve Tim, who's our president, you know, I just have to thank him because he's really the one making the sacrifice because I won't be right next to him. But he's willing to say, it's okay. I'll, I'll figure out, we will figure out together how to make this work. And of course, right now we're all still working from home. So it wouldn't matter where I was, but He understood my desire to be here and have my kids go to school here. And I really give him a lot of credit with thinking differently. And I think that you'll see that a lot more. And what's great for that is it means that people can continue to grow their careers in ways that maybe would have been limited before by their need to be in a certain geographical region. I think it'll be the next phase of career growth, which I'm excited to see. You know, while we have had some silver linings, like you just mentioned there, COVID has certainly, you know, been a challenge. You've been on the front lines, you know, no doubt Collins affected, all of us affected at work and at home. Mm -hmm. Life can be hard sometimes. There are challenges out there. I'm just, I'm curious how you attack adversity. It's a good question. I think one of the things that I have learned, and not just with COVID, although that certainly heightened it, but our company's been through a lot of change. Really, we've done three mergers in the last four years, which does create a lot of turmoil and anxiousness and confusion about what that means for you as a person and for your company as a whole. And then on top of that, to add in COVID, you know, that pandemic dealing with aging parents or dealing with your children now being home and trying to do school on top of all of that. I guess there's a couple of things that I try to focus on. One is I try to really focus on what I can do today and what I can control right now, because I think you can get really overwhelmed by all of that's going on around you. And I think that can cause paralysis. We're afraid to make a decision. We're afraid to move forward because we keep thinking we need to wait until we're through this storm. And we can't do that at Collins Aerospace. And quite frankly, we can't do that as human beings. We have to keep moving forward and we have to be prepared for what's next. And so the way I do that is I'm I'm human, right? So you might let yourself get overwhelmed by that, but then you have to refocus on what is the small step, the small action that I can take today. And if you look back then over the past five months, you realize you have still been moving forward. Um, You've still been making progress and you didn't allow yourself to just get bogged down 
it in that place that you were five months ago. So that's what I try to do is just focus on what I can control. And I try to give my teams that same perspective. Yes, all this is going on. But today, here's what you need to be concerned with. Let's focus on that, getting that done for today. I've heard you a couple times allude to something we call positive self-talk. Is that something that yes. you, you utilize? It, it absolutely is, Tiffany. I don't know. I've, I've heard this one time at a conference, and I think women in particular have a lot of negative self-talk. It's constantly in our minds. You're not worthy. You're not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not beautiful enough. Um, and I think particularly as women, a lot of times we compare ourselves to this non-existent person. We take a little bit of everybody we know oh, I wish I could be, you know, intelligent and smart like Tiffany, or I wish I could be beautiful like Julie. I wish I could cook like Karen. And we hold ourselves to this standard that can just never be achieved. And so one of the things my husband actually went to a conference and learned this, and it was the power of gratitude. And so five years ago, I started a gratitude journal at his urging, because one of the things that they learned at that conference is if you at the end of the day, repeat two or three things that were positive in your day. They have found that over a six-month time period, you're actually uh, happier. And so I started a gratitude journal. It's just a one-sentence diary, but it's five years. And so I'm in my fifth year, and it's really fun to see that on August 21st, for the past four years, here were my thoughts or here's what I did. And it really does work. It helps you see how much you've grown And so you can talk more positively to yourself about, look at what you were facing four years ago and you got through that. I I have to cheat and use this journal sometimes to help remind me of- Hey, whatever works. Yeah, and how far I've come. But it's also had the side benefit of helping me kind of document what's going on with my family too. So it made me feel better as a mom that I'm capturing some of these moments. That's so cool. Thank you for that tip. I'm going to try that out. An incredible opportunity coming up for you and your teams to experience all that the WLC conferences have to offer. For a limited time, we're offering ticket packages, one for $500 that gets you all access to the remaining three conferences of the year, which by the way, if you do the math, it's a $609 value. And who doesn't like a good deal every now and then? So your all access pass gets you tickets to the Dubuque Conference, the Central Iowa Conference, as well as the Quad Cities Conference. Speakers like Cy Wakeman, Kendra Hall, and don't forget about our friend Liz Gilbert. You can find all the information for that package as well as the workshop at wlcglobal.org. Tatum, who are the people or the person you most admire and why? Thanks for asking that. So this might seem a little strange, but one of the people I admire the most is Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the notorious RBG. And of course, you know, she was very prominent in, in helping women gain equal protection under the law, but that's not really, you know, what I love about her the most. I think her relationship with Justice Scalia, who is, uh, you know, since passed away, but while they were on the court together, he was very conservative and she's more liberal. And one of the things they both said is that their friendship and their respect for each other has helped them both to grow and to sharpen their own viewpoints and positions. So they listen to each other in a, in a way to better inform their thinking or refine their position on a topic. And I think in today's world, particularly with social media, 
lot of times we find ourselves listening to defend or support our own positions instead of really taking that opportunity to change our perspective or to grow and evolve our thinking by listening to someone that disagrees with us or listening to somebody who's different than us. And so I just think, you know, that's such a great example of friendship. And I think our communities could really learn a lot from that. One last question for you, Tatum. Thank you so much for being here with us today. We ask all of our guests on Own It, what is your (laughs) superpower and just how do you own it? Oh, that's a great question. Goodness, it's a hard one too. I think, you know, if I were to pick one thing about myself, I would say authenticity. If I was a superhero, I would not be one that wears a mask and not because I'm being defiant in COVID times, but more because a lot of times superheroes, you know, they have two different personas. In almost every leadership profile that I've taken, it comes back that I'm authentic. And at first I really hated that because it felt like saying you were ethical. Like, well, of course I'm, I'm going to be ethical, right? But I've learned to realize that I just show up how I am, whether I'm the CFO of Collins Aerospace or whether I'm Tatum Boozy, you know, the mom of Emmy, Matthew, and Gabe. What you see is what you get. And uh, I guess the way that I own that is maybe this comes with age, but just over time I've learned to try to let go. There's just a lot of power in letting go of what you think you should be and just owning who you are and recognizing your own gifts and what you can bring to the organization and to your family and to not let all those you should be this really bog you down and prevent you from being what you are. So that's what I would say. Maybe that's cheesy, but that's my superpower. Not cheesy. And I would say spot on, by the way, spot on. Tatum (laughs) Boozy. CFO of Collins Aerospace. It has been a pleasure. Thanks for all you do for the women and men at work and at home. Thank you, Tiffany. It's been a great pleasure to be here. I can hear it already. There will be some of you saying, Tiffany, why did you ask her how she balances work and life? You wouldn't ask her male colleagues that same question. And I hear you. I can't argue with you. It drives me bonkers when I hear interviewers ask female professionals, how do you do it all? When you know darn well they're not asking the male colleagues the same question. But I also don't know about you if you're just as fascinated as I am when you hear stories like Tatum's. Somebody who had to make some really tough decisions early on knowing she wanted a successful professional life as much as she wanted a successful life as a wife and mother. Tatum, You've managed to show us all the way, and we are grateful. Follow Women Lead Change on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast. We appreciate that so much. For more information on this and more, please visit wlcglobal.org. 